Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to Big Thoughts, the number one podcast about the Big Ten. Here are your hosts, Spencer Kleinschmidt, Marcus Pierce, and Peter Che. Hello! What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to Big Thoughts, Big Ten Thoughts. I am Big Thoughts uh, ref guy. I'm joined by Spencer and Peter Chell today. I'm Big Thoughts. Um, I'm Big Thoughts video guy. <laughs> How are you boys doing today? Good. Um, the weather is goddamn beautiful in Minnesota right now. It is. It's. I'll I'll double down on that statement before I let Spencer go here. Um, I went on a little went on a little drive today and just for literally no reason and it was awesome. It was cool. There's no better time. Spencer, we never got on the ice this season. I know. What a sad day. I saw some ducks. I was watching the news. Um, and I saw some ducks. They were taking full advantage of a melted ice rink. I was like, damn, man, like that should have been me. But hey, you know, sometimes you got to give your legs a year off and you just got to let them recuperate and recover. And I'll be back out there stronger than ever next year. I'll be coming for the benders and I'll be trying to Gino on some goals. So, I mean, all in all, glad it's spring it's been beautiful uh i got the window popped open right now getting some nice fresh air coming Same. in here so it's hey when the weather when the weather turns nice i mean it puts everybody in a really good mood it does it's like it is like a drug when you get the first like you know it's nice when it gets to like 35 degrees and you're clearly starting to get out of like just a shit cold like just brutal but when you finally get to like a full blown 60 where it's actually warm, where you can pop the window open and stuff, or, uh, you know, you could drive with your arm out the window. Cause that's, you Lots might, of, that's you might, pretty sick. you might as well. Or, or you turn the D when it gets to 40 and you turn the defrost on and you put your arm on the <laughs> yeah, window. That's, yeah. I've done that before, but I think to your point, like as you get older, <laughs> like getting warmer is such, it means so much more to you. And I just, I don't, I hate that. Like I had that thought on me today. I'm like, man, when I was a kid, I don't remember being like, oh, the weather's so nice out, man. Like, winter's over. Sweet. Like, I don't know. I just, I don't know if that's, a, like, you, an adult thing. Like, did I just, like, pass into, like, the next ether? Is that what's what's well, happening here? I'm not sure. Well, I mean, I don't want to get, like, like too too into it. But you'd have to imagine, you know, after after the last year that we've had and just coming off of a winter where, you know, you know, if you're following the rules, you're not doing a whole lot. Now people are starting to get vaccinated and we're kind of sort of looking at the end. So this day, like this 60 degree, beautiful day is like, holy shit. Holy shit. We're close. We are close. But yeah, I don't know. It's like, it's for real, like a drug feels great. Um, I'm, I'm excited to talk about some sports, obviously. Um, yeah, we had a lot of, a lot of things happen um this weekend in sports obviously we'll get to the nhl with wild dan later um wild he's, dan. he's gonna want to talk i think rather exclusively about the west um this afternoon uh it, it's by far the closest or morning event. wherever whenever you're listening yeah, whenever you're listening um but he's going to you know the west is tight right now um tight. big time big time basketball is something to be marveled at something else and big time hockey my boys going to be marveled at my my boys got it done but they they got no love in the national seedings which i'm fine with given who minnesota split with um but we'll talk about that in a little bit um but let's get into some big time basketball uh 
I, I think your boys are, are probably gone. I think they're probably done unless they obviously they got to win out. They got to win out. They're 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 no longer on the bubble. They have. You're to win. you're telling me a team who lost seven in a row is probably done? Come on, dude. That right around the corner. We're turning a corner. It starts against Northwestern. We turn a corner. Mm-hmm. I totally that corner, agree. That you know what that corner is, Peter? What's the corner? The corner is uh, it's actually a coroner, not a corner. It's a coroner <laughs> for uh, Coach Patino's career with the Gophers, I think. Which you know that's that's tough. Um. And it's kind of weird. I don't know. I, you know, I guess I don't want to, like, we can get into the Big Ten tournament in a second, but I want to take this time because, you know, when, when, when we brought in Coach Fleck, I was, you know, a wee freshman, had experienced one year of Minnesota we, football. We were, were you we, skeptical we at all about that or were you pumped up right now? Hell away? no, dude. I was ready to run through a brick wall. I like, I've liked the Coach Fleck hire ever since he was hired, and I like it even more now that Les Miles turns out to be a fucking. <laughs> creepy ass weirdo like yeah dodged a bullet there minnesota good job vetting them clearly kansas didn't like jesus but yeah like you know coach fuck experience that wasn't really connected to the coaching staff before because i wasn't a gopher fan and like patino's kind of the first coach like lucia he was older wasn't really connected to him you know like it was a cool run you know he had won his two championships back when i was like six obviously don't remember and I don't know. Patino's the first coach that I've been like, dang, I definitely like, I'd liked him for a while. Like, I did think that he was a decent coach. Like, I didn't think he was like Tom Izzo or, you know, Mike Shusef, Shusef, Coach K, but, um, Good call. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I feel bad for him like as a person, but he's just, he's not a good basketball coach. So I hope that Mark Coyle can, you know, just be like, Hey Richard, we're going to move in a different direction. And, Hopefully we, you know, we get somebody good. I'm thinking that San Diego State head coach is a pretty good hire if Musselman is going to stay at Arkansas. So, yeah, I was, uh, I was kind of reading into that a little more because you piqued my interest with like the Gulfs clearly need to move on. Um, when I was watching the game the other day, I, I have not been a fan of Patino the whole time he's been there. Not because of the whole Gopher thing. I just think kind of just the way he looks. I don't like him. But (laughs) Jesus. Well, I don't know. He he just looks, I don't know, whiny kind of all the time. But I didn't realize that he's only had one year above 500 as a coach. Uh, Overall record, I don't think that's right. Might be in the Big Ten. Maybe in in the Big Ten. He's probably the Big Ten. Yeah, he's historically bad in the Big Ten. He's got like a below 40. He's like 54 and like 90 in the Big Ten or something. So. So, well, I mean, that, that right there is enough. Obviously when you guys had, uh, was it Nate Mason or Frank Mason? Nate Mason. He was when you had Nate Mason and Jordan Murphy and that team. And I'm not bringing this up to actually make fun of you this time for it, but you have the best team that you've had in a while come close to winning the big 10. And then you have a tough out in the first round of the, you know, in the first round of the tournament. So you add that on to four other or what six other non-winning seasons in the Big Ten, and it's just tough. And you don't want to hold this year against anyone, but it's a perfect it, time to clean house. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, well, and the thing is too, I I think that honestly, if Patino gets fired, it'll show. Well, if the Gophers miss the tournament. One, it'll show that it doesn't matter who you beat. It matters who you lose to because the Gophers have beaten three Iowa. top 10 teams currently right now. Yeah. And 
they beat Michigan State, who is on our absolute tear right now, and they're not going to make the tournament, the Gophers. So to me, it shows you if you lose to a bunch of bad teams, and I'm not trying to make excuses, we're under 500. Like, I don't think we're playing very good basketball at all. But like when you when you drop that many games to that like that poor of competition, that that's what the committee's looking at. It's not who you beat; it's who you lose to. Do do you would you agree with this statement at all? Um, it, it only matters who you beat really when you're already in and they're looking at your seating. Like when it, if you're super close, like if you're on the bubble, like you know, like if Michigan State was right on the bubble after this weekend, which I think they're in already, but if they were like there and they go well. They go, well, Jim, Jim, you look at, you look, is his foot in right there? Oh, <laughs> they be, and then ah, they beat Iowa's foot's in, you know, that's how it goes, I think. So I don't know. I, that's, I guess that's the, that's the Patino talk. Peter, were you going to add something? I do not have anything to add. I'm sorry for you. Um, but I think it'll be a bright, bright future for Gopher basketball. Cause I think so too. I don't watch a lot of go for basketball, but just being physically on campus, I was able to, I knew how we played against the big Ten. Does that make sense? Like I'll, I would never like look up the score or anything, but for whatever reason I knew like, Oh, we're coming up on the big 10 schedule where we play all the big 10 teams. So we're going to start losing. Well, and, and what sucks probably even more for. Was it the, the bat go- signal? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It, it, it probably what's even harder to watch as a Gophers fan is, uh, you know, these teams haven't lacked talent. Like there, there's some ball. I mean, there's some ballers on these teams, some absolute players on these teams. And, you know, we talked about it before, but it, it's kind of a, a quick way to reiterate how the season's kind of gone for them is when you got Marcus Carr throwing 40 on someone, you can't lose a college basketball game when someone scores 40. Was that yeah. against Nebraska? Yep. Especially if it's Nebraska. Right. Worst team in the Big Ten. I will say this quick word, and then we can move on. Last word here. Um, you know what? what's going to be a nice breath of fresh air, hopefully, is we're going to go after recruits who are in-state, and we're going to try to keep some of those guys. Not the Chet Holmgrens, you know, not the Jalen Suggs. I don't think we're going to get them. But, man, if we could keep some of those guys just to hold them and keep them in-house, that will help the team so much. Patino was so focused on the East Coast, which I get it. He coached at Providence. You know, he's from there. His dad's from there. His dad has a legacy, like, on that coast. People want to play for them. I, I understand it. But that doesn't work, like, in the Midwest. It just doesn't. You know, it, and getting transfers is awesome, but you only get them for a year. And there's nothing to build on. And they're quick fixes. They show the fan base you're going for it. But – at some point you're going to have to build a new base. And I mean, there's plenty of kids in Minnesota that can play for the Gophers that either got overlooked or went to another school. So that's, yeah, that, that's the, that's it. That's the, that's the way the cookie crumbles. I'm Walter Cronkite. Thanks for listening to the talks. That, uh, I, I agree with you. Um, I agree with you on that. I think that, and the way that that Minnesota team's built, if, is Kelsher healthy right now or no? No, he's got a broken hand. Okay, so never mind. Uh, <laughs> well, I was going to say with the way that team's built, even with Robbins out, they might, you know, they, they could shoot their way into a championship game, I suppose. The talent, not the way they've been playing. <laughs> yeah. Spencer, I'm trying to say nice things right now. I just, know you are. It's just, it's funny because they're like 300th in percentage of like made threes. Like, Peter, I think that you could be inserted into the lineup and probably have a better shot. Or me. <laughs> I mean, 
me or you could go out there and probably make more threes than the team can right now. And that's for good or bad. I mean, that's just where we're at right now. Um, you don't want to see me out there on the three point line. Do, do you think I will get to the pick them, but uh, is the Northwestern Minnesota game going to be one that you will be watching closely or checking in on closely if you're working or when the score um, show when the score shows up, uh, you'll see what happens then. No, it's on at five thirty, so I'll watch it. Um, I'm not going to be intently. I mean, I got to be honest. This whole year of Gopher basketball, like I, I Brain intently scrambled. watched. I intently watched like the first half of the season, and then we kind of just were like, meh. Which is interesting because the Gopher football team, you know, kind of struggled. But I watched all their games, which maybe I'm just more of a football fan, like college football fan, than I'm college basketball fan, which wouldn't surprise me but yeah I'll, I'll, I'll watch it i'm not gonna you know hold your breath yeah i'm not gonna like you know punch a wall or anything for it but i'll, I'll have it on i remember uh the iowa gopher game on christmas vividly mainly because i had covid and i didn't leave the house for like the past four days so you had co it was that long ago yeah damn it feels like it was not that long ago. And I was still recording these podcasts with you guys. Right, the COVID yeah. games. <laughs> legend. Uh, Absolute legend. Yeah, you're but, just full of grit. That's yep. what it is, Peter. Hughes. Maybe that's what Minnesota needs, just some grit. Minnesota do. does need some grit. <laughs> Would you describe Minnesota as a winning culture? Which, like, Bas- the basketball. university as a whole or basketball? Ba- yes. Is the, is the med school program a winning culture? Yes. Yes, the med school program is. We're taught we're we're a very highly ranked school in dentistry and in medical science. We're one of the top nursing schools in the nation. I would say that can I can I answer before you? On well, what, what are we talking about? The entire university or the basketball team? Because a basketball both, team both, specifically. Both, both. Well, I know. Oh, you you better watch yourself here because I'm loaded with ammo. If you come at my university, man. I'm I'm no. I'm trying to say nice things. Nice guy. Nice kind of guy. Let, nice let me, ref guy. Let me ask you a question, Spencer. Uh, on the waiting for the one, two, one coming from West bank to East bank, or I forgot yeah. the numbers. Have you ever been pooped on by a bird sitting <laughs> under the bridge? I thought you were going to say a person for sure. Under, which bridge? Washington? Oh, wait, no. Cause I, I took the city buses every now and then. Um, so the three bus goes there Yeah. and sure. the bus stops right in, under oh no bridge. i know what you're talking about yeah when you, you go it's, the, a, it's by the a bird no i haven't been but uh, it's the it's from blagan to, to, to wiley yeah that's the I, bridge i know what you're talking about i was standing under there i i still have the backpack somewhere it has a white stain on it hey um, here's some here's some philosophy for you some days you're the bird some days you're the statue i was the statue that day i felt something hit my back and i would go rub it and i'm like what is this is this water <laughs> 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 Dude, I think I would have like wanted to. Oh, I would have had to wash my hands. Like I couldn't. It was times. it was after hours because I just got off work and I just had to, <laughs> and then go home wash my hands. Tough. Um. Okay. So back to the original question: Do you believe that the the basketball team has a winning culture, and do you believe the sports overall have a winning culture at Minnesota as well? So. For me, I'll go first. Basketball team, like I just said, I didn't watch a lot of basketball in college. And I was on – but just being on campus, I knew, like, we're probably not winning a lot of games. So I would describe the team as not a winning culture. Sports in general, I want to say, yeah. Minnesota has a couple national championships back in the day. 
but we don't really think about those. Um, I'll put us at medium. We got medium winning culture. That that's that's kind of Spencer before you. That's kind of where I was going. I would say that basketball I thought was going to be there when Mason and Murphy were there. Um, I, I really, I, you know, I thought they were going to roll with that, but, or, you know, they were a little older, but university wise, like Peter, I'd agree with you that like so close, like to being like for sure winning culture, the hockey's always pretty much always there, obviously for the guys, much like UW the last few years weren't well for minnesota last three years have been good Mm -hmm. and the women's team's always good yeah um let us not forget women's volleyball right women's volleyball if we really want to get into it their swim and dive program is unreal um for from all aspects so i think it's really close but like the big picture sports the one that draws the big money medium like you know what i mean like it just it's close. Football's really close, but you you want a few more years of ten win seasons, nine win seasons. But Spencer, well, I think I think it's interesting. Um, it def- I it all I'm depends at- on how you define a winning culture, because if it's strictly wins, then probably not. But I would say one thing that I noticed being a student when and whatever you know, Oh, you drink the Kool-Aid, whatever, blah, 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 whatever you can say. When, when Fleck came, everything changed. No longer was it like, you know, kind of half-assed like video, like they were good produced videos. Cause it's a college campus. They put money into that, whatever, for hockey, for volleyball, for wrestling, for all of these sports, it all changed when Fleck came, all the videos got better. All of the hype things got better. All the Twitters got better. Everything got to a new level. Whether that's because of him or because of Coil or because of they brought in a new marketing person, I don't know. I would think – I think that they have a winning culture. I don't know if the wins in the field have come yet. As far as basketball goes, I think that it's it's a lot of the same. And it basketball, to me right now, where they're at, reminds me of where football was before Fluck came. Like, the expectation was, hey, if we go over 500, that's a good year, man. Like, 7-5, and five, you know, that's good. You know, we'll beat Illinois, we'll beat Northwestern, whatever. Like those are expected, but like, we're not going to beat Wisconsin. We're not going to beat Iowa like that. And then Fleck came and it was like, wow. Okay. They, you know, they're on the come up, they're on the come up, they're on the come up. They beat Wisconsin. Then they go 10 and two. It's like, Hey, we should start expecting more. Like we shouldn't just be happy with eight and four as our ceiling. Like we Mm want to go to the big 10 championship. We want to potentially go to the Rose bowl or the national championship or however high you want to set that ceiling. It's like way more realistic than it ever has been. And for basketball, it's like, yeah, we, you know, we went, we had a gauntlet and we did pretty good. And then we lost seven in a row. Like, it's just not, it's not acceptable. I don't think. And I think the fans, you know, they want more. So University as a whole, yes. I think we have a winning culture, especially academically. And overall with the Olympic sports, I think so. Our baseball team's always, like, right there. Our softball team has been very good the last few years. As you said, women's hockey, men's hockey. Wrestling. I mean, we just had a back-to-back Big Ten champion. Swim and dive, as Marcus pointed out. So they kind of remind me of a team uh, that's on my wall to my left shoulder, except they win a lot of championships but we're very consistent in like in having a lot of sports that, you know, they can show out. So, yeah. I th- well, I think that's where the, me- the medium was like, like the medium winning culture is coming from, for me is like, you can see all the positivity and the things going right mentally. Right. 
it just is not getting translated on the field. So the, the atmosphere is a winning atmosphere. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Okay. I mean, culture and atmosphere, you could say are the same things, but for I this instance, that, yeah. let's separate them. The mindset is a winning mindset. The production close. It's yet to be seen. Like the, yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, yeah. But that was a bit of a tangent. That was a bit of a tangent, but that's I like okay. It. Hey, we need it sometimes, but um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Obviously, I, I think, well, well, again, we'll get to our picks, but um, Marcus Carr is going to have to absolutely just basically, I mean, his back's going to hurt if his back's going to yeah. hurt like hell if they want to win a game <laughs> <laughs> straight up. But um, Nebraska Penn State, that is uh, blindfold me and let me throw a dart. And that's that's about what I think about that game. But going back to this weekend for Wisconsin. So Wisconsin actually played a pretty, like played a pretty good game. The first, uh, I don't know. I'd say the first 34 minutes of that game were awesome. Um, when you're talking about, we're getting into March or, you know, we're in March and we're talking about college basketball and we're talking about a game that can decide, uh, or, you know, that has major implications on not only the big 10 tournament, but also the NCAA tournament, that game felt and looked like March. It felt like a playoff game, and that's awesome. Um, like I said, the first 36 minutes of it. Then, you know, uh, again, Wisconsin did not shoot the best. So let me put that as a precursor before I do the small tangent. We're going to avoid the long one. Um Micah Potter played very well again, 23 points, uh, 10 board or not, uh, eight, eight boards, 23 points, eight boards, I believe. Um, Demetri Trice played pretty well. Um, obviously the game ending kind of how it did on his end was not, uh, wonderful, but, uh, uh, you know, you're not favorite player, which we're going to have to talk about in a second here. Um, he Brad Davison actually had a really nice game. Uh, he had 14 points. Um, and that was the first time in a long time that he's made a difference or a visible impact on the offensive side of the ball. It seems like he's been having a, a tough time getting in the rhythm. Um, which is, which is interesting to watch, um, hate him or not. Uh, he is a very streaky shooter when he gets hot, he's tough to stop. But when he, when he gets bad, it's abysmal. So, um, yeah, the last six minutes of the game, uh, the kind of Brad Davison I want to say refing came out to play. Where I'll begin. Started, started for, for sure two years ago after Brad Davison had his shoulder fixed his sophomore year. He was tripping people straight up. He like one time you can say it was an accident two time depending on how you usually are, you can push an accident the third, fourth time. Like you're you, like, that's just shitty. You're tripping people. It's not even up for debate. I, I, I will have that debate with any Badger fan that would like to have that debate. I think Brad plays very hard, but there is a line between playing hard and playing like an asshole. I understand that last year hitting people in the nuts again, not fucking acceptable like it's not fucking acceptable i understand that fast forward to this year 
there are some rules put in place that are, you know, dating back to last year, Brad Davison, the charge rule, because people are, you know, there's some questionable charges called, even though he is very good at it. So that rule comes into place basically because of him. And then we get to the last six minutes of the game. And I don't know where it came from because the refs were not, they didn't have their hand on that game, the whole game. It was great. Like I said, it felt like March. It felt awesome. And everyone was loving it. You can look on Twitter. There are people that don't give a fuck about either teams tweeting about it being a pretty solid game. And yeah, McDonald's was tweeting about it. So was Wendy's. Bo- Bo- oh, McDonald's was because they were loving it. Oh, yeah. Bo Borowski came out to play um, and called. He called a hook and hold on, on Brad Davison. So in the play, Brad's going He's receiving a pass with his arm straight out. His other arm in the play does end up grabbing a hold of the other player's arm. Yes, I agree with that. Where the issue comes into play is when you look at that replay, that's just a basketball play. And when you look at why a flagrant one is called and why it's in the rules under a hook and hold is for on the post and when people are getting their shoulders ripped out of, you know, when you rip people, you know, when you're standing up bodying someone and you rip right against them, it's for the big boys getting their fucking shoulders dislocated. Yeah. And I just want to input one thing too. I don't think, I think that that was a bad call and you can go back to the Illinois game and he did get called for a hook and hold. That was legit because yeah. he went up and like grabbed the yeah. guy, he, a guy who's taller than him was getting a rebound and he grabbed his arm. So right. Continue. Right. So no, and I'm completely fine with that. And I right. think, I think in that Illinois game, I know exactly what you're talking about. I don't even think that play was dirty. I don't think that he no. meant to do that, but the issue now, with but it's what a I'm, sa- it was a safety call. Right. And I'm fine with that being called the issue with what I'm having now. And that was in the post with the rebound with the po- Yeah. It was for what the rule is intended for. I, I get right. what you're saying is this had nothing to do with, with the rules. And I agree with you. It, yeah, it, so, it wasn't. So dating back to that Illinois game, though, is, uh, is so they see that called and it is a flagrant and people who are not Wisconsin fans hop on Twitter and go, look at that motherfucker, Brad Davison. When, because of his past, when in reality, it was just a, a bad basketball play, just whatever. Now, fast forward to the game on Sunday. He's had a pretty, a pretty good year, all things considered with his past about not tripping people and not hitting people in the nuts. <laughs> uh, he had one play that is debatable when he was up in the air, he nicked grazed someone's chin, whatever earlier this year, but so far he's, he's had a fine year. And then you call that play there, which gives them three or, you know, three shots and the ball Wisconsin had the lead at that point. I'm not two shots in the ball, whatever. Wisconsin had the lead at that point. And I'm not saying it can't be called for an offensive common foul. You, you took away his right to move. Wasn't, but, wasn't Iowa allowed shots or no? I just want to get it. Yeah, I, I thought they went like they both shot free throws and then Iowa got the ball. I just want to make sure yeah, that I so, got th- that I understood yeah. this. So Brad Davison shot a one and one. So they called the foul for the contact. Right. Okay. So Brad shot a one and one, whatever. Because they were they, in the bonus. Yep. And then okay. they went to shoot the technical, which is automatic two shots. Yep. And no one cared about the two shots or them going to the line because of a double foul or an offensive foul even. 
it was the fact that it was called a flagrant and they got the ball and then they came down and scored and then we came down and scored again and then Jordan Bohannon on the next possession that was brutal (laughs) that 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 truly is one uh, I'll put it into context Jordan Bohannon uh, was going up for a shot at the clear three-pointer off the screen and off the screen and Demetri Trice was trailing and he was close he was as close as you can get but he didn't really touch him and, and he didn't he the thing that gets me is he when Bohanna went up for the shot Trice didn't follow him he like follow, follow him to like guard him he didn't have his hand up yeah. he like he didn't know the shot was coming I mean let's be honest you're watching he that he's, he's through. fighting through the screen and Bohanna basically stops plants and shoots and as Trice comes through the screen because it's like natural whatever his arm swings out and the I don't know if I don't know if he said this or not, but it totally sounds like, you know, with no fans, you can hear everything. Totally sounds like when he gets hit, he goes, foul! And then the ref's arm shoots up. I'm like, no way, dude. Like, well, could be way off on that, but I was like, damn, that's tough. Okay, so that that's a historic moment. You know it's a bad call. You, you know it's a bad call. Spencer's completely on board for Wisconsin on that's the receiving end of it. That's a fact. But uh, it's just, it's been, it's been little things like that, calls like that, that have been now seemingly uh, far too often than just accidental. And Badger fans have Bo Borowski in a microscope. There is no question about that. But Bo Borowski, uh, when, when refing Wisconsin games, Wisconsin is two and nine. When Bo is not refing, they're 14 and three. I want to say that that's maybe coincidental, but when you see two calls like that at the end of that game, when everyone was watching on national television on on a Sunday matinee, that's where the ref guy for the last four weeks has been coming from because that's just, it's just been, it's just been hard. And again, if games are that close and the refs are fucking it up for them and they shoot like 30%, shoot better. And then the refs don't matter. Fact. But when the ball's not going in, when the ball's not going in the hoop, you also don't need to be being hurt by the refs is my point. Like, or, you know, yeah. so take that as you will. I, I had, uh, or, you know, beginning of the season, Wisconsin was ranked high. They started off hot. Um, I still think they're very capable of winning games. Um, what I will say though, um, I'm so happy about the statements that Greg Gard made following that game. He doesn't say anything ever about especially officials or, you know, or, or the conference and whether, whether they're singling out Brad Davison or not, I'm glad he said something. He needed to stand up for his guys, whether that was about the call on Davison or the call on Trice or maybe the accumulating calls that have happened throughout the year. I'm glad that he said something. And from what it seems to me, the the league met with him today and talked with him and he doesn't have a fine. And he, he was very clear that he hated, (laughs) he hated how, what happened. Um, I was surprised I didn't find him. So maybe someone who is overseeing officials agreed with him. Or, or, you know, maybe they did. And if that's the case, those motherfuckers officiating should not be refing games in the Big Ten tournament. 
I'm gonna is that end. That's a, that. End I'll, scene? I'll, I'll leave it at that. <laughs> was did that I, the, Did I take that too far? That was that was fine. No, was that was the fine. entire ref guy segment? Because I thought we were gonna do two minutes on that. It's been a solid seven. <laughs> well, I, I thought it. I thought it was gonna be a full blown two minutes like raging mad. I didn't think I would stay this calm. It was a nice simmer. That's way better. It's way better. I'd rather have elongated simmer than mad and like not not well, aw. Not condense that logical. Into, condense that into ten seconds. We'll we'll have a we'll have a seven minute slow burn. And Much rather a- have that. Um, two two things. Spin zone is are the Badgers. Uh, who'd they play that they're two and nine against? Curious. I'm not I'm not trying to defend the refs, but if it's prime time and they're good teams, I mean. Well, whatever. I, I don't care either good team, way. Good teams for you sure. You know, like, is that the is that part of the reason? Maybe. Who knows? Good Second teams. thing that the Big Ten group chat that I'm in brought up is, dude, what are all these other conferences, and this is a Big Ten as a whole, all these other conferences, their refs are pretty, pretty ticky-tacky when it comes to, like, whatever. I mean, definitely, like, the trice foul, not a foul, for sure. But, like, in the ACC, like, people will be under the basket and, like, barely get touched and it'll be a foul. Or in the Pac-12 or the Big 12. And in the Big 10, like, as much as you who are a ref guy and say, you know, they don't let them play, like, they let them play to a pretty good extent. Like, they, those guys, some of them get pretty hammered. Right. And it's like, when we get to the tournament, like, the Big 10, yeah, we kick ass in our own league because we, we can play physical and everything. And we're probably the most physical basketball style of play. But – now we get to the tournament and there's other officials from other conferences and they, they sometimes hammer us on those calls. And that's, that's what I'm nervous about, you know, for as much as been talked about how the big 10 is the best conference and everything. Like that's gotta be in the back of your mind. Maybe that, as a player. that is a fact. Um, one thing I'll say, I guess, is I have absolutely zero problem with the big 10 refs letting people play. It's the consistency of the play. Like sure. what, what is a foul and what's not, that's more, what I have an issue with. Obviously I don't like ticky tacky refs. Not too many people do, but right. if they're being ticky tacky from the jump ball to the end for both teams, that's fine. Yeah. I don't care. Um, sure. I, I think that the big 10 will have to watch out for that uh, as they do with almost every other year in the, in the NCAA tournament. Um, but in terms of the consistency or the quality of uh, players or teams from the big 10 compared to any other uh conference uh last year you know the ken palm ken pomeroy stats how he puts together all those advanced metrics yeah so he put out the final season ken palm stats wisconsin last year who won the big 10 compared to wisconsin this year who's sixth place in the big 10 right wisconsin Mm -hmm. efficiency wise and overall grade he has as better than last year's team so think about how good the big 10 potentially really is Right. The sixth place team right now is better than the first place Badger team, the same team of last year. So it's interesting to see how accurate those Ken Palm stats are. It seems like there's a lot of media outlets and sports people who are willing to credit him for, or, you know, actual statistics. So I'm willing to take a thought about how good the big 10 actually is. Um, You know, we have five people, six teams in the top 25, uh that's tough um obviously we'll have to watch out for when you get into other refing crews but in the ncaa tournament it it seems like they let every team play it seems like for the most part uh they let a lot go down i think um 
I'd like to ask a question uh, to the jury, and not about the Big Ten because we'll do our we'll do our pick them in a second. Um, Gonzaga compared to the Big Ten, so everyone wants to say that Gonzaga doesn't have a resume, but that is just a lie. They, this I mean, year for sure, yeah. Like they have a, a fat fat resume, and really the only games that have been close with them are games that they should have blown people out. They have kicked the shit out of Virginia, Iowa. Like they have uh, those Baylor. two. Didn't they play Baylor? Yes. Yes. Or no. I think they, no, no, they did I not. Back, I think it was scheduled, but continue. I'll get back to you on that. I, I, I could leave it right there. They're undefeated and they kicked the fuck out of Virginia and Iowa there. I don't know what you're asking for year in and year out. Okay. So what they get beat in the tournament. You can't, you can't see teams based off they of beat Kansas. Okay. And Auburn oh, there. I mean, and West like, Virginia. Yes. Yeah, just adding to my point. The Baylor Gonzaga game was canceled. They beat Mountain yes. Mama. Damn. They beat Virginia. You said that they beat Dixie state. You get my, you get my point though. So I do in other years, Obviously, Gonzaga, their conference stinks. Like, they should be undefeated most of the time. But their non-conference schedule is not necessarily as strong. This year, it's as strong as it can get. And they stomp those teams. So, I think Gonzaga still, unless they really blow something here, they're the number one overall seed in the tournament still. I know Michigan. I know Iowa. I know Illinois. I know Baylor. You can talk about the conference that they're playing in, but this year Gonzaga has played enough high-quality non-conference games that their record and their schedule, you can't take them out of the number one spot, right? Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I think it's really hard to to move a team that's undefeated who has the notoriety of Gonzaga that they've built up through these years of reputation. And also, I mean, like you said, look at who they've beaten. Like, they've beaten very good teams, very highly ranked teams, so like four top 10 teams. <laughs> yeah. You're not going to move them off of the number one spot. It just doesn't make sense, especially to a team like Illinois, great basketball team. They have five losses, Michigan. They have two losses, another good basketball team, Baylor one loss, but still they're not, they don't, I don't think they have the quality opponents like opponent wins, whatever that Gonzaga does. And maybe you could say, well, I'll throw that back in your face and say, well, Gonzaga beat these teams. And now you're saying that, you know, the teams who are in the other teams' conferences that Gonzaga has already beaten, they've beaten them or they've lost to them. How is Gonzaga better than them? Whatever. Usually how I rank or how I kind of like see my eye test with teams who are in bad conferences, historically bad conferences, is if they absolutely dominate it. And Gonzaga does that consistently every year. That's how I've talked myself into the San Diego State head coach for the Gophers. The last like three years, he's got like five conference losses. There's that's that's what you want. Their history, too, is pretty longstanding of being a good basketball program. Right, and that's what you want when you're in a bad conference. You know, you look at a MAC team who's always good, whatever, like in football. They dominate. You look at – you look at – I mean, anything. So I ask you this about Gonzaga, and then we'll do the Big Ten tournament. Um, And and I'm going against my own argument, which I just stated – (laughs) <laughs> but this is for the sake of conversation because uh, it is interesting. For relevance, do they, I mean, they need to go to a better conference. And they can't get accepted into the pack because they're fo- they don't have a football team. So, like, they're, they're ki- like, it's kind of tough. Like, 
okay, that, that's great to go undefeated continually. And you're right. In a bad conference, if you're a good team, you should kick the shit out of your conference. Correct. But they, they do that's, get that's beat. That's two times you said I'm right this episode. That's, I know. Shit's that getting weird. Oh, shit's hello. getting weird. Well, hey, I mean, when just some common sense things. Yeah, that you're when you're right, you're right, you're right. I mean, <laughs> it doesn't matter who you are. Yeah, when you're exactly. right, you're right. <laughs> but do you think that for them to truly, like, continue to deserve these one and two seeds by beating a shitty conference, like, do you think that they need to move into a little bit better of a conference and within the next five years? Hmm. I think conference realignment kind of has fizzled out, I guess. I, I think that for one sport, it's tough unless it like for a marquee sport to just join a conference. It's kind of, it's hard. But you Gonzaga, can do it with hockey, Gonzaga, it's it with baseball. Gonzaga, it's glaring. I mean, I don't hear a goddamn thing about any other sport from Gonzaga. Right. And I don't disagree with you, but I think the problem is like, you can't just have like, I, I guess Notre Dame does it for, well, they're in the ACC for everything other than football and hockey, but like, well, and lacrosse, whatever. But like Notre Dame, I guess, does it for like basketball. But I don't know. It just would seem weird to have Gonzaga in like the Pac-12 or, and I, I mean, the Pac-12 isn't that great at basketball either. Like they're, they're probably better than the WCC, but like, I don't yeah, know. But what, when it comes, when it comes down to tournament time, who is fucking what looks what, better a 16 and 0 record in the Pac-12 or a 16 and 0 record in the WCC? Well, well that, and I'm talking, I'm, I'm trying to boost the Pac-12 a little bit. I mean, you see the six seed through the 10 seed. It's yeah. fucking littered with Pac-12 teams that, right. Uh, you run into a goddamn uh, eight, yeah, USC. They're good this year. You run to an eight seed uh, Oregon team every single year in the Sweet Sixteen. My boys, <laughs> my boy Dana. God, goddamn Oregon just kills us. Oh, they're awesome. But um, they're my safety school for sports for sure. I, uh, I I think I want them to try and maybe attempt to either more consistently, absolutely load your non-conference games like. Make, make your, for, you know, and it sucks because it's the way you got to start your year most of the time, but you know, and I, I will say that he usually does start the year in a higher end uh, little shootout or tournament yeah. with eight teams and usually does well, but usually wins it for him. For, yeah. <laughs> for him to not change conferences, I would like him to schedule a consistent absolute gauntlet to start the year. And that sucks. I'll give him two tune-up games, and the rest of the non-conference have to be, because the the, the non-con or the conference games are like tune-up games. Yeah, I think Gonzaga should join the Big East or the Big Twelve. That would be awesome. There, I, I that's, think I, that's where I'm going to leave Gonzaga. I think we should get rid of Nebraska and add Gonzaga. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, then it wouldn't even be debatable who's the best basketball conference. Oh, that would be awesome. That would be awesome. Like Wisconsin would never win another Big Ten title, but <laughs> wow, Gonzaga would never be undefeated in the Big hey, Ten. Hey, speaking of Big Ten titles, the Big Ten tournament this week. Yeah, do we want to do? It. Do we want to pick? Hell yeah. yeah! I'm ready, Freddy. Round of the Big Ten Big Thoughts Tournament Pick'em, and let me tell you, this challenge is going to be a little different. We're going to go days one and two, days three and four, in the championship. Marcus, we're going to start with you. Who do you have in day one and day two of the Big Ten Tournament? 
Uh, Minnesota and Northwestern have been sliding. Um, I'm going to trust your boys. Minnesota's going to get one dub. Uh, they'll move on there. I'm going with Penn State. I hate that Nebraska team. I don't think that, that they'll do much. Um, second day, I'm looking at Michigan State. Tom Izzo's rolling. Notorious coach of taking teams late into the tournament. Um, obviously, I believe Ohio State will be playing Minnesota. I believe Ohio State gets that done. Dwayne Washington Jr. is nasty. I'm looking at Indiana and Rutgers. I think Indiana gets that done. Archie Miller has been on the come up. He's faced another gauntlet this year, and I think they get a big win. And then we're looking at Penn State versus Wisconsin. Wisconsin's had a few downfalls. They've been on a tough slide with a very good roster still. Wisconsin gets it done in day two. Look at that. Wow. With That's time to so spare, long. too. With time to spare. All right, we're here for our second contestant. Second contestant up here is the Peter Chell, the man, the myth, the legend. Peter, Big Ten tournament basketball. Who do you have, man? Game one, I'm gonna have to go with my alma mater, U of M. They're gonna stop uh, Northwestern. What good sports team has a color purple as their main color? You tell me. Certainly Next game. Not the <laughs> yeah, not them. Next game. I sense a miracle happening in this game. Nebraska wins. That's for my uh, friend Amy and my friend Hannah Schmidt. Uh, the Cornhuskers get it done. Game t- three. I'm gonna have to agree with Marcus. Michigan State wins over Maryland. Tom Izzo finds the way finds a way to get it done uh michigan state pretty good at basketball historically game four unfortunately that's where the ride ends for minnesota ohio state wins that game gonna go with spencer's early picks in the early in the season game five i'm gonna agree with marcus indiana pulls up the upset pulls off the upset against rutgers and game six i'm gonna have to go with marcus's boys and badgers beat nebraska all right again plenty of time good job boys good job All right, for our third installment of the Big Ten Men's Basketball Tournament coming to you live from Indiana, we're going to go to me. Spencer, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for asking. Coming off, coming off the swing pass from myself, I'm going to shoot it up, make that three. Minnesota, give me them over Northwestern. Second game of the day on Wednesday, 25 minutes starting after game one. Uh, I'm going to go with PSU. I can never pick Nebraska. A little red sucks. We all know that. Kicking up to Thursday, top of the key at 10.30 a.m., we're going to go with Michigan State beating Maryland. Sparty, you know, green and white, can't read and write, but they can shoot the basketball, and they're going to get it to Maryland. <laughs> Next up, Minnesota-Ohio State. Picked Ohio State early, going to go Minnesota here. With the upset, they're going to somehow find a way. They're going to hit a bunch of threes. Gabe's going to come back from a broken hand. We're going to have Liam back. We're going to win. Got it there. Indiana Rutgers, got to go with uh, with Gers. Got to go with Steve Pickerel. Archie Miller sweats too much. Can't have a sweaty <laughs> sideline um just can't go with that guy can't go with indiana sorry you're gonna lose in the home state and finally we got penn state wisconsin i think this is pretty clearly pretty easily really easy to pick here we're gonna go with wisconsin i think they're gonna beat penn state and uh that's gonna be how i see the first two days of the bracket going boys all right you boys are back big thoughts big 10 men's basketball tournament day three friday march 12th and saturday march 13th marcus go ahead the floor is yours uh, first game, we got Michigan State, Michigan. Um, I think Michigan wins that easily. Uh, they need a little bit of a bounce back. They're a really, really tough team. Second game, we have Ohio State versus Purdue in my eyes. Purdue snuck in there, quiet all year. No one talked about Purdue, but I think OSU is going to take this personally. I think they wanted to see themselves at the top based off of how they've played this season. So I'm going to take OSU there. Uh, next, we have Indiana, Illinois. Uh, as much as I hate Illinois, watching Kofi Coburn and Iowa DeSumo for whatever reason, 
is growing on me. They play really good basketball. I love Illinois in that game, regardless of who they play, quite frankly. Next game, we have Wisconsin versus Iowa. Wisconsin wins. They get better refing, and they needed it. They needed a bounce back. Fourth thing, Michigan OSU. I'm going Michigan. I think Michigan is tough. Second day, Illinois-Wisconsin. I'm going Illinois. We don't have an answer for Kofi Coburn. I think we could get under Luka Garza's skin, so I think that's why I'll take him over Iowa. But I'm taking Illinois versus uh, Michigan in the championship. All right, we're back. Peter Che, Peter Chell making his <laughs> third and fourth day picks. Peter, let's hear it for the Big Ten men's basketball tournament. Michigan, Michigan State. I'm going to go Michigan because they're the number one seed. I'm not copying Marcus. I'm making my own conscious decision. Next step, Purdue, Ohio State. I'm going to go with Ohio State. Spencer, you've been talking to them up. I've been listening to you uh, describe their playing all season, and uh, I like it. So they're going to overtake Purdue. Next game, Indiana, Illinois. Honestly, I get these states mixed up a lot, and sometimes I forget they're in the Big Ten. Uh, I'm going to go with the tried and true method of my um, when I pick brackets for March Madness. Two is better than 10. Illinois wins that game. Wisconsin versus Iowa. Now, Marcus, I know you're a big Wisconsin guy, but I've been listening to you complain about them a little bit, and I don't think they're going to get the job done against number three, Iowa. Wow. Iowa. Yeah. Next, next, uh, next day, Michigan versus Ohio State. I'm going to Ohio State again. Um, I'm going to ride them to the championship. Wagon. And Illinois versus Iowa. I'm going to go... Illinois, because Iowa lost that one time against Minnesota, and Minnesota sucks. <laughs> <laughs> so there you have it, folks. All right, we're back with Spencer. Spencer, how we doing? Oh, we're doing good again. You know, my picks were perfect so far, so we're going to keep going. Going to ride that hot streak. Friday and Saturday, we got Michigan, Michigan, Michigan State. Going to go Sparty again. Again, still can't read in white, right, but they're green and white, so they're going to beat Michigan. Tori Krug is an alumnus, so I'm going to go MSU. Minnesota-Purdue, we beat Purdue earlier this year. Minnesota's going to beat Purdue and move on. Rutgers-Illinois, great matchup between guards here. Um, but, you know, Rutgers doesn't have an answer for Kofi. So Kofi Cockburn down low, he's going to eat. And Illinois, they're going to move on. Then we get Wisconsin-Iowa, and what a matchup, man. You talk about two corn-fed, grown men, just teams out there. You got the silent assassin on one side. You got Francon 5 on the other. Could not be the meeting. It's the it's such a Big Ten Cold War classic matchup. But going Iowa, I think Luke is too much the Big Ten Player of the Year. Too much to shut down Iowa AF. Next day, MSU, Michigan State, Minnesota. Minnesota's run comes to an end. Tom Izzo takes him down. Sparty's going to beat him. Sucks, but that's what always happens in March. And Illinois, Iowa, Illinois. Again, I think it's going to be a classic matchup. But Illinois guards are better, and Iowa has the uh, the hurt player Wise Camp. So I'm going to go with Illinois. Moving on. And Nungi's hurt, too. All right, here we go. Championship Sunday, 2021 Big Ten Men's Tournament. Peter, we're going to start with you. Who do you have in the championship? Who do you have winning it all? This is definitely our first time doing this, but uh, I got Illinois versus Ohio State going up against each other. Um, I think Ohio State gets it done. They're going to they're in the middle of the pack right now, but they're a solid team. I'm going to trust you, Spencer. They're the champions. All right, well, there you go. Ohio State's champions for Peter Schell. Marcus, who you got going? All right, well, in the championship, I have Illinois and Michigan, obviously. Um, I said at the beginning of the year that well, with Dewan Howard and Isaiah Livers coming back, that Michigan was probably going to have a tough team. Uh, 
they've lived up to it. They had a little pause. They fought through a lot of adversity and remained good. They were still good following that. Illinois, though, has a bunch of dogs. They don't care what the game looks like. They don't care about any of that. They like to win and they like to score and they're really good at it. Illinois plays with a lot of grit. Illinois gets it done by 10. You got Illinois as a champion. All right, time for me to go. I kind of spaced out there for a second, but we're going to be all right. I got Michigan State Sparty against Illinois, and Marshall's school song was Fighting Illini or Illinois Loyalty, which is yep. the Illinois school song. So I'm going with Illinois. Illinois is going to be your 2021 Big Ten Men's Basketball Tournament champion. Let's go! All right. And next up to the Big Thoughts podcast, our now weekly segment, we are joined by the fucking man himself, Wild Dan. What's up, buddy? And what's new with some hockey? How's it going, boys? It's an exciting week. It's a very Has it exciting been week. Oh, yeah. Hockey? I think so. Huge week for hockey. Do tell. Huge week. Um, well, the West is even tighter than when we left off, that's for sure. Um, which is definitely scary because playoffs are going to be pretty tricky coming out of the west but race is tight i don't know the points race is actually tightening up as well the, the west points race right now is very tight uh yeah is and that individual points or is that team points i meant individual me okay i'm an in individual uh, oh patty kane's having a crazy good season um kind of catching up to mcdavid and kind of sucks austin matthews is now hurt so yeah what's the might be in a little bit of a lull What's the outlook for his injury on? Um, I don't know, like, time frame. I just know that it's definitely fucking with his shot, or at least that's what his coach said. Well, so. I, I know uh, on the mention of Patrick Kane, we won't get into the best American again. But <laughs> he, uh, they updated the betting odds on who's going to win the heart. He opened the season at plus 950. He is now in second place behind McDavid at plus 350. So yeah. – in Vegas's eyes, and they're usually pretty correct. Buddy's having a really nice season. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, he's the guy now with Seabrook retiring, which is also kind of like, I hate the Blackhawks, and I don't like Brent Seabrook that much, but it's it's sad to see a guy like that, you know, have to retire because he's just not playing at the level uh, that he needs to be. But, yeah, Kane's, you know, the guy there now with Taves being out. So what well, he's doing right now and like leading them in the way that he is because he's definitely you know him and Keith are better in presences and he's matured so much I think you know when he came in he was kind of like a hot shot kind of like oh I'm good like I'm gonna blow everybody away yeah you know kind of one of those guys yeah. and now you look at him and like when he scores a goal it's just like <laughs> yeah man like that's kind of what I do yeah. you know like, another day at the office yeah so and I just I don't know coming. it's been it's been kind of cool to see his like him be able to mature and kind of turn in from like a traditional like yeah, you're a hockey bro, like whatever, to kind of like, hey, like definitely you're you're a, like you're a hockey player. You know, you're yeah. a mature guy who can handle himself and who, you know, is taking these guys under his wings, kind of like you said, with like the Duncan Keith. For sure. He's he's For come sure. a long he's come a long way from getting arrested at the Mifflin Street Black Party. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he's like a he's like a successful Manzel. So yeah, actually in a, way, in a way, yeah. In a way. I don't know. I uh, think I think the the extent of the partying may be not that far. <laughs> a little exaggerated yeah, yeah maybe not uh he's definitely well, lasted longer maybe we just didn't hear about it yeah. but anyways um so the west right now i believe is from first to last place is about 11 points apart yeah um about. 
Does that make you nervous that the number one place team is not actually as good as they are, or are the Sharks and the Ducks a lot better than people think? I, I don't know. It's, it's tough right now because you got to remember that like it's four point swings every single night. Um, yeah. And so, you know, one game in the grand scheme of things, at least in our division right now, kind of goes a long way. NHL standings. Um, but I think that, you know, out of all divisions, I think everyone in the West is, is pretty close with one another. Um, to so, so I guess it does raise the question, like, are the teams up top really as good as, as we think they are right now? Or are they kind of just skirting by at the moment? Um, I guess to put into frame for people listening, um, and maybe Peter and Spencer, if you weren't looking at this, I guess. Oh, um, I've, all, I've been looking, all, I've been paying close attention to this. All of, all of the other division, all of the other divisions, the separation between first and last place is 19 or 20 points. And in the West it's 11. Um, so that, that says a ton. It's tight. It's a big deal. And that doesn't surprise me just because I think, and maybe you're going to make this point, Dan, like the West has teams like top to bottom who are like, they could compete, you know, like you don't have like a, like a clear bottom feeder where I think every other division kind of has that like one or two teams you're like, all right, they didn't have a chance coming into this rebuilding type deal. No, definitely. Um, Which, you know, brings up another point. Yikes at the Sabres right now. Oh, big, big yikes. It's like, I don't know. It's like it's like a house fire right now. It's not good. But, yeah, Eichel asked for more. They bring in a former MVP, and they still can't win a goddamn game. Yeah. So, uh, Peter, they're rocking like a very, very good top three. I kind of forgot Eichel. they existed, honestly. Jeff Skinner. Jeff Skinner's just like a budget. I guess he's not super cheap, but like in terms of how much some of these guys are making, Jeff Skinner is a very good budget scorer. Their mm-hmm. their top their top six is unreal on paper. Yeah, I know Poso is still around, and um, yeah, I don't know. They're they should be really good on paper. I at this point, you got to consider the coach. You know, you got to consider coach and management again. But they've been doing that so much recently. So much turnover. Yeah, like it's ridiculous. It's it's one of the worst teams in sports in terms of you know upper management and coaching. Here's a question for you: a revolving door uh, about the Sabers. Um, I think that Jack Eichel has been very fair to them. I think that he's shown enough alliance, allegiance. Um, he probably stayed one contract too long. Is it time for old Jack to ask to get traded to a team that's ready to win some hockey games? He's too yeah. good. And he's right in the middle of his prime. And if they wait any longer, they're going to waste his career. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely a lot of teams out there that are in need of a he's solid like 24 center. years old. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And he's already played there for six years though. He's just like a complete player. Yeah. And he's very dominant. I mean, he's, he's big dude, complete player. So I think a lot of teams are obviously drawn to that. And I think a lot of teams could show up to the table with something to offer in exchange. Uh, but uh, I don't know if you're the Sabres, you know, you drafted this guy and he's still pretty young. It's your captain uh, too. Yeah. He's what in his sixth season. So I don't know. I was reading an article where it was suggesting that they do reverse. They just bring in veteran pre- veteran players to like, I don't know. Show I know all in for it, kind of like what Columbus did a couple of years ago, like right before, right before they dumped Panarin or yeah. Panarin left or, you know, they brought in those guys. Who was it? Oh, I want to say Duchesne, not Duchesne. Um, they did bring in Duchesne. 
was it? Did he leave in free agency then? Anthony yeah. Duclair. Him. They brought in like two or three guys right at the deadline when everybody was thinking, you know, are they going to trade? Or are they going to bring somebody in? They brought mm. people in and they went for it. And obviously they ended up sweeping the lightning, the greatest hockey team ever, you know, and uh, <laughs> then they lost to the Bruins. But, you know, they, w- they went for it and they kind of lost, even though I think they're they're still a decent team, you know, right there. In the, in, well, I don't know if they're in the central, I guess, but yeah. No, I, I agree. And I think especially when you're working with a superstar, because Eichel is a superstar, and Absolutely. you're working with a 24-year-old captain who has never really had that, you know, veteran to kind of hold him or put him under his wing and kind of, you know, teach him how to, like, lead a team. Because that's hard when you're 24 and on a struggling franchise with shitty management, you know? Yeah. Um, so I think going reverse could definitely – you know, help them as well. But I don't know. It's going to be interesting. This free agency is going to be wild. Lots uh, of guys are going to be on the move. I, I mean, I don't even know if it'll get the free agency. I think someone will make a legitimate heavy, heavy poke at Jack Eichel yeah. in, in uh, whenever the um, draft period is, or not the draft period, the trade deadline. Trade comes deadline? Up. Yeah. I mean, I, obviously it's got to be a team that is, Probably not in first place, if I had to guess, because they're going to have to eat some contract, depending on what they have to trade away. Definitely. But he, he is a perfect, perfect, perfect piece in the perfect scenario to pluck him out of Buffalo and put him on a team that's ready to go win this year, that yeah. needs another person to put them over the top. For sure. Um, and I think the crazy thing is, you know, Eichel aside, I think just the moves that are about to be made in general, because big names are definitely going to be on the move real soon. Like Malkin is not safe in Pittsburgh anymore. Sid's not safe. Supposedly they're shopping Malkin though. And the Panthers are interested and that would just be dominant. It'd be a very good squad. Uh, I know that capitals are trying to ship off Kuznetsov as well. So that would be really, yeah. Why? Cause you can get a lot for him. I suppose. You can get a lot for him, and he's kind of hot and cold, and he's pretty injury prone. So, I don't know. Moves, 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 moves. It's like well, it's, it's it's like a person like Jack Eichel. Like I I look at like the Blackhawks right now, and they just offloaded Seabrook's shitty contract. Finally, mm-hmm. or you know, they still ate a bunch of it. Um, with a few of their star star players out, I wonder if they can't defer that salary and put him on long-term IR if they think that they're not going to play for the rest of the year and try and bring in Eichel. Because mm. uh, he, I mean, it's a person like him with the way the Hawks are right now, he would fit into that like butter. Yeah. I mean, that would yeah. be awesome. Oh, yeah. I think about to Kirby. Kirby's on track to come back. If they can Kirby's make the playoffs, back soon. he's going to come back. He's, Dude, I he's don't a think center. It's... Him and Eichel, that'd be insane. The top two lines, top two, three lines. Isn't Taves the center too? Yes, but obviously Taves is out. But that would be insane. The thing yes, is, yes. So, you, so your top line, if you bring in Jack Eichel, is uh, well, I guess depends where you want to put Kaner because he can play and does play center a ton. Yeah. And he plays so, so you have Pu- you have Puy Suter, Kirby Doc, or I mean any si- any six of them. To bring it, I mean, if you can, if they could bring in Eichel, they become potentially not cup favorites they jump into the top four though you'd have to imagine absolutely i don't see that happening though i don't think they have the money to do it i don't think they have the money to do it and i don't think that they especially now that they have so many young guys that are developing quick 
Yeah. I mean, we didn't even mention Kubalik in that co- yeah. conversation, and he's a 30-goal-per-year score when yeah. he plays a full season. So I was going to say, Spencer, when you mentioned the Blackhawks, I was going to say uh, it's not a question of if they make the playoffs. It's, at this point, I think a question of how far they're going to go. Yeah, I think they're definitely. I think they're definitely a lock. If they're playing this well in the beginning, because they always seem to start off kind of on a slow foot and then come well, playoff season, it's just – and and out outside of the West too, with how short the season's going to be comparatively, uh, I mean we can almost start making locks out of some divisions. Truly, uh, I mean they're just not yeah. not actual, but with how far behind the the second and the last place teams are in some of those divisions, and with four teams getting in, you can almost start guaranteeing some of these teams because what we're almost halfway through the year. I was just yeah, some teams are so much there so. I, I, we're, we'll get to start talking about the playoffs in what a month and a half, two months, or is it still back in June? But yeah, that's 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 what makes the West even more scary because you got to start winning now. It's a short season. I didn't well, even realize that it was halfway through. It's been going by fast. With the, with the Blackhawks turning it on with a lot of their guys, uh, you know, obviously John Taves is a, was a giant part of their young cup runs. And with him out, you go, okay, well, where are they going to get that? Where are they going to mm-hmm. get that? And I don't even know if Kane's like, obviously he brings that, like his presence brings that. But I don't even know how much it's like that or if this is just feels like a whole new team to him. Because mm-hmm. he's yeah. playing, like you said about his maturity and the way he acts on the ice, it, it seems like this is like a whole new team and stage of his career. And like, he's got a whole different approach. Sure. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I think a lot of that just comes back to experience, but a lot of that also comes back to the fact that he's just like, he's been so good his whole career. He's still playing at an elite level and he still knows how to bring it. And, you know, being able to adapt to that situation is, is, you know, a result of that. Um. So I, before we, um, I guess getting into any more divisions in depth, uh, we got to talk about Tom Wilson. Oh yeah. Tom, <laughs> Tom, like Spencer, I know he, like the caps are one of your rivals probably, or you would probably consider them a rival, I suppose. Um, you know, I, I really want to like Tom Wilson, like his personality is it's, it's good. Like he, I think him as a person, he is a good person. And that's why I hate him continue to make the same dumbass mistakes. Like Spencer, I know you're going to have choice feelings about this because it happened to one of your boys or, you know, it happened to the Bruins. Do I think his intentions were there to hurt him? No, it was a really quick play and Carlo shit. It was just shit. But because of his history, I mean, he's been suspended every year, but one in the regular season. Mm-hmm. And he pounded Carlo. Yeah. I, he deserves the seven games. Like, I think that there was no way to avoid that. I think this one was a – I don't think this was a character mistake. I don't think he – I don't think he meant to try and decapitate him. I think he deserves all the seven games, though, because mm-hmm. of how – I mean, it was a brutal hit. But for whatever reason, I, I don't know. Tom Wilson, when you see him skating across the ice and he's murdered people before, you could like see it 25 feet before he hit them that he was going to try and fucking murder someone. He was skating definitely hard into the boards, but he, 
I don't know. I don't know. What do you guys think about it? I, my final thought on this is he deserved the seven games, but I don't think he meant to do that one. Mm-hmm. I don't know, Spen. It hits harder for you. What do you think? Um, I mean, it's it sucks because I I mean what you just laid out, Marcus. I think I I'm pretty much on like agreement with that. Obviously, like that's a tough that's a tough spot to be in. Like you want to crash the boards, you know, you want to be physical, but at the same time, like sometimes some you know sometimes a hand or a f- head or whatever they kind of get in between your body and the boards. And I'm not saying that you know Wilson doesn't deserve to be kind of like seen under a microscope because of his past and what he's done, you know, intentionally or not. I I think that this deserve like his games that he's been suspended are deserving. I, I don't think that he tried to do this like maliciously. I think that you would have seen a way worse hit, I guess. Well, I don't know. I mean, yeah, that makes sense. Like I think of, I, I think of a couple of years ago with the Stanley cup final when Krug got his helmet ripped off and he went right down the ice and absolutely laid the lumber. I can't remember the blues player that did it, but he laid that guy out. Like it was a Thomas. good, I mean, it was a clean hit, a clean uh, like, hockey hit, but it was like, damn, you knew that was coming. Like that was a freight train. Like Krug wasn't getting off the tracks. You know, he was going to lay that wood. And <laughs> I, I don't think, I don't know if Wilson intentionally did that. It didn't look like it to me. Yeah, exactly. It didn't look like it to me on that, but again, well, I think, I think for player safety and just the, the nature of the hit because it was a head injury and he did leave the game and ultimately went to the hospital. Like, I think you have to do that. You know, mm-hmm. you gotta, you gotta send a message because it, let's say, let's say Wilson who has a history. I mean, this is, this basic law right here, right? He has a history. Now he only gets to spend four games for a hit like that. Now the next player who does that intentionally, he's going to give him Wilson only got four. Why are you giving me less or why are you giving me more? That's not, that's not the letter of the law. So I think you do it as a league to send a message. And you know, if you're going to be a dirty player, you're going to be penalized harder maybe too. So. Dan, what do you think about it? And then I have a few questions to ask. I just think it's, um, it's sad at the end of the day. Right. Cause like, like you said, no one looks at him and thinks to themselves like, yeah, he's going to go, you know, intentionally hurt someone. But then when he does shit like this, it's like there's so much of it that seems like he has those intentions in the moment. And there's so much of it where you could explain it away. Like, oh yeah, his head just happened to be there and, you know, he's crashing the boards and playing hard. So I don't know if, I don't think that was a slip up on his end though. Like there was definitely some intention there. It looked like, I don't know. I mean, I think he definitely fully intended to absolutely shit pound Carlo I just don't. I just don't think it would be like that. Right. It's like if you could go back in time, like obviously most people would say, "No, I'm, I'm not going to do that." You know what I mean? So, I don't know. Though, you know, he's an NHL player. He had enough time to stop for sure. Yep. So yeah, that's, that's true. It's dicey, but I, at the end of the day, you know, I agree with you both that it's it's about setting a precedent for future incidences like this, and you know, he is a history. So it's bad for the league and it's bad on his name. So maybe suspending him can get that, you know, to change. Right, yeah. and, and, and I think honestly, not just from him, but the league wide, the last few years, it is so, so, so clear how much better of a job that players are doing, not head hunting. Definitely. Uh, I, I, and because it's just not cool. Like, well, right. and, and what, what, 
like, there's no benefit. What does that really? do? There isn't. What does that do for you at the end of the well, day? Because if you're a good person, you'll feel terrible after that kind of shit. Well, and quite frankly, I mean, like, I don't know. I, you know, I only had a chance to play like actual, like a few actual physical games of hockey just because of my whole situation. But like, when you're playing hockey and you light someone up or in football or whatever, if you light them up and you know that you hurt them because it was questionable, Mm -hmm. that doesn't even feel good. But if you put your shoulder right on their sternum and you know that they can't fucking breathe because you hit them so hard, that feels awesome. (laughs) Like, because you know that you hit them so hard that you knocked the wind out of them, but it's clean, like a technical hit. A, that looks better on the ice because they, I mean, it's just a great graphic because you have two dudes potentially skating over 20 miles an hour at each other and just absolutely pound each other shit out of each other but i I mean what kind of a person are you i mean you look at the defenseless receiver argument in in football and essentially all the head hits in hockey are defenseless people because they have their shit extended and they have no clue what's coming yeah so i guess the question i was going to ask is do you think that replay is like if we didn't have a slow motion, if we didn't watch that Tom Wilson hit in slow motion four times and you watch it just in regular speed, it's just really a hockey play that just looks like it, it just turned bad because mm-hmm. he, he does, he does clip him first on the shoulder, but he got so much of his head. Yeah. So like, if you take away the replay, especially the slow motion, like if you break down any sports play, in slow motion you could find a foul that wasn't called on the ice or on the court sure you know what it's i mean just gonna so look different it's just gonna look different right uh, so how how much of these slow motion replays and this is for hockey i'm gonna put this in for nba and for ncaa basketball as well i like there has to be a limit on how long we can look at replays right like because it's getting insane peter's the video expert what do you think it's starting to ruin the games when you're looking at every fucking angle for five minutes, you take five Uh, minutes out of a game. I also just think that like, yeah, I don't think you need to be a video expert to have an opinion on that. And I'm not a video expert. Don't put that on me. (laughs) Don't put that on me. No, but but what Marcus is saying, do you really want to nitpick every piece and bit of the game that might be a foul? I understand like, Oh, it's, will probably guarantee like not guarantee but keep the results of the game more clean but Mm -hmm. i don't want to wait like the last two minutes of a basketball game and football game any game forever yeah they're already super long wisconsin iowa the last 60 seconds of game time lasted 19 actual minutes yeah no bueno when it comes to player safety, though, you do that 100% of the time. Oh, so oh yeah, sure. So in event, you have to review that replay. Like, yeah, for I, sure. I, no, I don't I, think there's an argument there. I 100%, I, I, I'm not disagreeing with that. Like, in terms of player safety, yes. But there are, like, there are so many calls, like, and they fixed it this year in the NHL. They fixed the offside where you can just be hovering over the line instead of touching or, you know, for the skate to fix that the yeah. bad calls are being made oh yeah i know what you're talking about but like for calls like that where if the puck is the puck over the line or not it depends mm-hmm. what angle you're looking at or not um are there too many men on the ice where's the or you know is it charging or not How, i mean if you're looking at a replay past a minute just go with what the fuck was called on the ice 
because if if you're if you can't decide in a minute what mm. the decision should be, then just go with your gut. Go with what was called on the ice. I mean, it, it, it's starting to change the game when you're you're building in these long 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 reviews for player safety yes get it right but that shouldn't take long you can see that after one replay he hit him in the head kick him out let's move on yeah you, you know what i mean so what are your thoughts on like shot okay. shot clocking replays or like yeah um let me ask you this from a player's perspective would you say the same thing though because obviously you'd want everything to be very accurate and consistent i think consistency is the most important thing with Officiating right. in every sport, and you would uh -huh. want to, you would want that consistency to, you know, go through the whole season and into the playoffs, especially. So, I don't know if that's how one game is going to be yeah. ref, and you would expect all games to follow that same. Yeah, no, and and I, with the consistency thing, I I completely get that. I think I, I just like you ask from a team standpoint if you like everything to get correct. Well, obviously, everyone wants the calls to be correct, but. Mm -hmm. If the call, if the call can't be made after another minute of deliberating, like we, we expect the refs to make these calls in a split second and be accurate. If we give them a whole minute to look at it, that should be enough. If you, mm -hmm. if, if things are that close that you can't decide with multiple camera angles after a minute or even a minute and a half, two minutes, whatever. And I, this is more of a basketball issue than a hockey. I know with hockey, the puck over the, the, the goal, the counting for a goal is usually the biggest one mm -hmm. deciding if it crosses the line or not, uh, or, you know, especially if the pucks under the goalie's glove or you can't actually see the puck. Yeah. You know, so uh, yeah, I, I think from a player point of view, you want the reviews to be as short as possible as well too. Cause say you have a bunch of momentum going or you're trying to swing momentum definitely, and all of a sudden you have to stop for two minutes. That sucks. Yeah, no, absolutely. And we, and we, ha we saw that a lot in recent years, I feel like, especially yeah. in the NHL and then especially um, in the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And as a fan, it sucks too. Right. Cause you don't want to just sit there and watch them call someone in a different state to ask for a fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth opinion, you know? Right. No. Yeah. yeah. I, I think that, and I don't think it has to be a one minute shot clock for every sport. I don't think that has to be for hockey, whatever. Um, or there could be tiers to it. Like if it's to look at head contact, there's no time limit, but sure. for, for basic snapshot, like split section. Size just, shit. Yeah. yeah. Let, let's wrap it up. Come on, boys. Let's keep the game moving. Sure. Um, uh, even from a, uh, from a viewing standpoint, uh, it makes you, uh, it makes watching the game fucking suck. If you know, think about how, well, yeah, I mean, the intermission's already 17 minutes long, which, for some people, they love that. You can almost accomplish something in the hockey intermission. Mm -hmm. that, but that one that stopped on the ice for so long, too. But I don't know. That's something for the league to decide. I don't think that's a refing issue, per se, right now. Or, you know, sure. obviously, it's not on them. Um, Wes McCauley, he never takes that long. But, uh, Dan, are you sticking around with us for our uh, for our Big Ten pick them for – Big Ten Tonight? tournament's coming up on Sunday. For Ice Biscuit. We're doing this today? Potentially, like, right now. Aujourd'hui. Sure. Right now. Right, we need to talk about the Wild at some point. I know yeah. I know you're a big ref guy, and we got in your, you know, ref segment. Yeah, but yeah. I need, we need to talk about the Wild, because I got a lot of things to say about one player in particular. 
Uh, well, why don't we just do this real quick? I was just going to give you guys all an update on your picks because Peter's picks are actually looking kind of the best out of everyone else's. I'm, I'm an oracle. <laughs> the Islanders and the Rangers. Are tr- Chris Kreider has two hat tricks in like four games. Chris Kreider. What can I say? Hockey guy. I'm the hockey guy for a reason. Can't skate. Peter Chill. Peter Chill. Peter Chill. I just know the game. Shut up, Ned. <laughs> Shut up. All right. Uh, yeah, Peter's picks are looking fire. But, yeah, the Wild are killing it right now. I was not too stoked about the game against the Yotes. Should not have lost by that much. That was brutal to watch. Going up 2 to nothing and tickling, you know, a dominant performance. And then all of a sudden just crumbling. That's with that. Um, yeah, we got solid goaltending right now. And I know that's who you want to talk about. No, I want to talk about somebody else. Who's that? Um, maybe you'll recognize it when I, uh, when I, when I let this little intro play. (laughs) The pride, the pride of Norway, the pride of Oslo, Norway. My man, Matt's, Matt's Zuccarella, the NHL third star of the week, Dan. Matt has been going off, and I could not be more happy. He's lighting it up right now, to say the very least. Um, Spencer, did you buy that flag just for this bit? No, I have had this flag for three years now. He's been on the Zuccarello bandwagon since. Uh, a, ever since so, a fellow, a fellow. Uh, what do you like? I'm an American. Fellow Norwegian, there we go. Oh, sure. Fellow okay. Norwegian is always good in my book. So, <laughs> so you picked him I up like in your it. fantasy squad? Oh yeah, big time. Like two weeks ago. Did you drop Booch? Yeah, somebody else picked him up. I'm really, I must, I think I'm the king at. Oh, uh, dude, Booch is. He was, I don't care. I who was Booch. I going to drop? Who was I going to drop? I wasn't going to drop Ailers. I wasn't going to drop Bo Horvat or Bergeron or Marshan. I didn't have. I couldn't drop anybody. Sure. I yeah, could have dropped okay. a defenseman. Because I, and, you need four. That's the thing, you know. Yeah, and I feel like the Wild's top two lines are they're just winning right now. They're yeah. buzzing. Yeah. They're buzzing. Um, but no, Zuccarello's playing well. I'm ah, uh, he's so hot and cold sometimes. Like when he's good, he's one of the best players in the league, and when he's not, he's just not doing anything. Who? Uh, Fiala. Oh yeah, yeah. Fiala. Yeah, so talented. He just controls the game. Uh, his transition out of the zone, into the zone, in the offensive zone is so quick and he's so confident with it. Um, and he's still really young. So that's, that's definitely exciting to kind of have him uh, in our pocket right now. But yeah, that back. was, in, that was interesting. His uh, dis like, it seemed like kind of disliking of the, the predators or they didn't really love what they were getting from him. But yeah. it, se- it seems like it's going to work out for Minnesota pretty well. Yeah, I hope so. I definitely hope so. I really like his style of play, and he's got a wicked shot. It's so nasty. Um, but no, I, I definitely like, you know, what he's producing right now, and I agree. It was just the change of setting, you know, did him well. It was kind of a similar situation for uh, Dubnik all those years back when we signed him. Uh, change I, of setting, and he was a Vezina finalist, you know. Um, I have a question about the Wild. It's kind of a bone to pick, I guess, and it's tough because – the other dude that is up for uh, the Calder, Pui Suter, is also old as shit. Yeah. 
I do not like that a 24 and a 23 year old are up to win rookie of the year. Kareli has played six years in the KHL. That's a professional hockey league. Like, like I get that he's a rookie in the NHL and for this year, whatever. Cause the other rookie of the year, police suitor is 24 years old. So I get yeah. that the rookies to the NHL, but for Kareli, and this is me being the devil's advocate. I hate that, that he, I don't hate that we, he can win a cult or a Calder because he is a rookie to the NHL. Mm. but he's played six years already in a professional league and he's yeah. 23 years old. Like, I don't love that. Yeah. I guess it's, you got to look at it on a broader perspective, I'd say, because joining the league is in and of itself, the hardest part. No, I know the NHL is the level of competition in the NHL is unmatched anywhere else. Say what you will about the KHL, say what you will about the Canadian professional league, say what you will about the minors, whatever the Cambodian hockey league. Oh yeah. Mm. <laughs> no, no, Dan, I, Best I in the world. Dan, I, I I agree with you. I'm just talking like I see what and, you mean though. I see what you mean. it's a little backwards. It's a little I, backwards to grab. I, I guess like when they're in or you know, it's tough because we haven't seen a a, a truly dominant eighteen year old since Matthews, really. But well, that's not true. Yeah, Elias Pettersson's pretty nasty too. But do you get what I'm saying? Like, I'm not saying that you can take away like the fact that making it to the league is so fucking hard. Like, it is statistically just rather impossible seeming. But I don't know. I don't love that he's played like under like contractually professional for six years already, and he's 23 years old. I don't know. Do you refer to Do you refer to minors players? as professionals like would you if you had a friend that was playing for the yes but it's so much it's so much different yes they are you'd call them a professional player i'd call them semi-pros like that like it is their job they do that for their job but the the ahl and the east coast league here compared to the khl is not even close true khl is pretty nasty all things because they're they're not the nhl but they're the second closest thing in my opinion for sure for sure but I don't know. I, I see what you mean, but I. I don't want to take it think, away from him I don't because he is competition. I don't think it's necessarily like a competition of like. Who's the youngest? Who's the youngest and who can play the best at a young age? You know, like who's the best 18 year old in the league? That's not what the award is. It's just who's had the best first season in the NHL. Yeah. And they do that for everybody. You know, you could be 35 and still join and you're still a rookie, you know? Yeah. There's no. a reason why there's like rookie eligibility too. True be eligible to be like considered because Kakinen played last year for the wild and net and he's still considered he could be up for the calder this year well same with uh kale mccarr and quinn hughes two years ago when they came in in the playoffs and played that didn't count as their rookie seasons until last year yeah so but they were i, I don't know i guess it felt different because they came out of college and were a little younger yeah or, or you know what i mean Definitely. but whatever I get what um, you mean, though. But he's gonna win it. That's the, he's gonna win it. Uh, looking discussion. Looking down the stretch here for for the Wild. Um, obviously, we're gonna continue to play teams in the West. Um, do you see a similar kind of outlook for the second half of the season, um, where you're clipping at about a sixty-two percent win rate ish? I believe maybe a little lower than that. Yeah. Um, do you see that continuing? Do you see it getting better? Do you see him taking a step back? 
Sure. Um, I don't necessarily see us taking a step back for sure uh, on that one, actually. Uh, it's kind of scary that, you know, we still haven't played the Blues yet. So we don't really have a full picture of how tough the division is. Because we've beaten Colorado and we have a winning record against Vegas. But it's still kind of scary to, you know, go up and play the Blues. Yeah. It's a critical point of the season. We play them midseason. So, um, is that going to be your telling sign once you see a few games against them? Then you'll be able to give a better take absolutely, on that? Absolutely. Because, you know, we could be playing them in the playoffs. And, and what good is it if we can't beat them in the regular season? You know what I mean? Yeah. So, getting a full scope of how we play against these teams. But going back to your original question, I, I definitely don't see us taking a step back. I think there's definitely going to be bumps in the road, but I think we're just getting better with time. We look more dominant every night we play. Um, at least that's what I think, because we're just getting used to each other. A lot of these guys haven't played a full season together. So a lot of guys are stepping up as well. That's a, and, I mean, it's... And looking like a lot of the guys that were stepping up in the beginning of the season, they've been consistently good up to this what? point. This team reminds me, and and it's different because it, it wasn't an entry team, and they, they didn't take a, a draft, an entry level or an entry draft. But there's kind of like a lot of like, I don't know. There's a lot of misfits on this Minnesota team right now, and it's reminding me a lot of that first year Vegas team. Like no one like wanted those players, and everyone wrote them off. And uh, yep, there's still like a shit. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it, it's giving me that kind of vibe. Um, Obviously, they're not winning at quite a gaudy rate, but they're tough, and they yeah. they, they play physical. Um, I said last week that Greenway, you know, he's such a big piece in my opinion, and I will that, – that's my final thought for the Wild for the rest of the year. But at Marcus Foligno, talk about having a fucking, like, rejuvenating career year. Totally, totally. And, you know, say what you will about uh, Bergeron. Spelled. Go. <laughs> oh, you can't even make fun of me. I know you like Patrice. Who? No, nobody hates like Patrice. Patrice I like Patrice. Yeah, I like yeah. Patrice. I also like Marshan. Yeah, Marshy's um, good too. Very fucking good at what he does. But I uh, only like him when he's licking people's faces. <laughs> so you really like him then? Uh, <laughs> uh, say what you will about Patrice, but the Wild have their own like two-way star at the moment. Eck, Erickson Eck. Yeah. Yeah. Bot Zuccarello. Yeah, he's a two-way star. Buddy, talk about, you know, realizing their potential. Eck yeah. is having an unreal season, um, getting more ice time and definitely scoring more goals, which is nice to see. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think that we're definitely going to get better as the season goes on, and I think we're going to peak at the right time because that's all it's about. You need to be on, like, a hot streak right before the playoffs. You need to ride into the playoffs feeling good about, you know, well, last yeah, I mean, you all, obviously you always want, always want that, but with the, with the way the NHL is this year, I don't know. I don't know if it matters if you're hot going into the playoffs, you might get fucking clapped the first round. Yeah. You might get Definitely. stopped the first round. I think, I think we'll see. Here's a hot take. I think we'll see two first seeds. Uh, first seeds get beat in the first round this year. I would not surprise me at all. And not, not, not because of like some crazy upset. I, I think. That, teams, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. No, I, I, I would agree with that. It depends who they are though. Obviously if it's the lightning, I don't know if I would, I don't know if I'd be on board with that one. 
We'll see. Islanders are looking nasty right now, too. Yeah. Um, we, could a whole, we could spend a whole episode talking about the Islanders. Well, let's save it for next You're episode. Welcome. Because yeah. You're welcome, boys. They're like, like the a Rangers. dysfunctional. They're like a dysfunctional family. Yeah, I, they're like I, a really cool dysfunctional family. Like when they're on, it's like wow, that's fucking dope. And then when they, I will say this about the New York Islanders: they are ten percent better of a team when they play at Nassau Coliseum versus the Barclays Center. Oh yeah, For Barclays. Sure. Have you seen pictures of the Barclays Center when they have ice up? Ass. There is a part. There's a whole part of the arena where you can't see past the goal line. You can't see behind the goal in like a third of the arena when the ice is up. The arena is too small for hockey. So you can't see part of like the whole fucking ice in parts of the arena. Wow. A brand wow. new, a brand, like basically a brand new arena, all things considered. And they couldn't, some engineer who I'm sure got paid millions of dollars to design that couldn't fucking figure that out. Wow. I, I want to look it up now. Yeah, look to... look up a picture of Barclays Center bad hockey view. We'll we'll take a pause right here and cut this out. I, well, maybe not cut it. I want to see your reaction. It's bad. And then we get and then we then we gotta get to some Big Ten hockey. <laughs> Isn't it bad? It's like under a <laughs> what the hell? It's like under an awning of stands. That's just bad. I mean, what, that stadium's less than 12 years old? Oh, it's bad. It's got to be. Oh, that's just bad. Um, well, um, the Coliseum was like a fucking toilet, so it doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah, it is a toilet, but you can see from everywhere, and there's a ton of vibes. You yeah. know, like, it, it's a good place to play hockey. But um, we'll leave the NHL at that for right now. Um, we got to move on to Big Ten hockey. Um, a little disappointed. Just a little I, bit. I, I didn't know. Feel it too. I didn't know if they would do it. They did it. My boys won a conference title for the first time since we were three years old, and that feels really sweet. Congratulations, but, Marcus. Um, I took a backseat approach to the way I approach most Badger teams, and I didn't call them a wagon. I didn't think that they were going to shit stomp everyone this year, but I did think that they had a very good team. Um, really good group of people. Uh, I know a lot of those guys pretty well. I'm really happy for them to get a win. Um, you know, there's a few players on that team that, that could have played in the NHL this year that decided to come back because of this and they got that done. So that's great. Good for them. Um, uh, Minnesota finished second. Obviously, they got off to just such a just such a hot start on the year. They ended up going, I believe, twelve or thirteen and zero to start the year off. Um, and and what I mean, they didn't really fumble the bag. Wisconsin to finish the year is like fourteen one and one. They just played very not fourteen one and one. That's not true, but I believe they're thirteen three and one to finish the year. Um, Pretty good. Well, that's basically asking Minnesota to double what their first half was. And that is asking a lot to go undefeated in the college hockey season. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. Uh, I'll leave it at that for the Badgers. I'm really happy for them. Um, and I'm really excited to see what they can do coming down the line here. Minnesota has got a wagon of a team. One of the best goaltenders in the country. 
No debate about that. They have two of the best forwards in the country. No debate about that. They have, without a doubt, the best young defensive core in the country. They have three freshman defensemen at Minnesota that I do not think are NHL ready, but they are as good as you can be for freshman defensemen in the NCAA. Uh, yeah. So th- you're, you know, you're looking at a core of forwards that are about to leave Minnesota, and you're looking at a core of defensemen that are all drafted all played in the world juniors and are all very good. Um, so I think that, or, you know, obviously this year is not even over. We got three teams that are probably top five teams in the country right now in the big 10. Oh yeah. So Michigan, um, Michigan did all right. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Michigan, again, surprising Michigan, again, an, an old few forwards that are very good in cam York. Um, he jumps off the table right away, obviously. He's great for Team USA and the World Juniors. He's been great this year. Um, another good goalie in Man. Man's a very good goalie out of Michigan. Uh, it was cool to see him and uh, Laffer give each other some love after the last Laffer. game. But hey, you, can I? I want to interject quick. You know, the only team in the nation to get to twenty wins this year. Do you? The Gophers. That's a big stat. Big stat. Hey. I'll take Stayed it. Stay healthy. Big stat on B1G thought. Yeah, and well, and that's what um, like looking at Wisconsin, uh, they only had they only had one loss this year when they had their full team. And when I mean full team, I don't mean like one or two people missing. I mean, you know, the stretch that they had to play with five guys out. Um, sure. So, so. You know, you could take that into account too with how you feel about Wisconsin's team. That hey, you know, we have a full team, we might hit 20 wins too. What well, doesn't matter, but well, and Minnesota didn't get to play Penn State for two yeah, games. That sucks. That that does suck. Uh, and, you know, obviously, it ended up getting still decided by win percentage. I was wrong about that last week. Um, oh, no doubt. But Penn State is like, you know, they're not having they lost a ton of people, so they're not having the greatest year. So, I mean might check yeah. out a little differently if we get two games against them instead of having to win and tie a game against Michigan, but doesn't matter because the big 10 tournaments here. And let's be honest, it doesn't matter where either of those teams finish. They're going to make the tournament. Michigan's going to make the tournament. I mean, I think one of those three will probably win the entire bracket. Wouldn't you say? Of the big 10 tournament? Yes. Yeah. I mean, almost undeniable, almost undeniable. Uh, Notre Dame has a chance. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. That's, uh, let's get, what are we, what are we doing? We're going to pick them. Let's, well, let's do yeah, it. Yeah. I was, I, before we got to a full blown pick them, I, I, I want, well, yeah, let's do a little NCAA look ahead afterwards, I guess. Coming out of my cage and I've been doing just fine. Got it. Gotta be down because I want it all. It started out with a kiss. Added it in a all right. You heard the basketball pick them. Now we're doing hockey. 2021 men's hockey Big Ten tournament pick them. Peter, we're going to start with you. Notre Dame, Penn State, who are you picking? I am going to go with Penn State. Stay in the Big Ten. We're going to get it done. Penn State versus Wisconsin. Shout out to Marcus. I think Wisconsin wins that game. They'll go to the championship. Going on to the other side of the bracket, Minnesota versus, versus Michigan State. Of course, I'm going to pick our boys. Minnesota goes. And then Michigan versus Ohio State. I'm going to pick, Mich- pick Michigan because they had that good defender that you were talking about a while ago. Owen and Power. Then, yes. Michigan versus Minnesota. The boys win. So it will be Wisconsin versus Minnesota in the championship game. There you go. All right. 
Dan, you're next. Notre Dame versus Penn State. Notre Dame, hands down. Going after who's playing. Minnesota versus Michigan State. Minnesota rides, boy. Michigan versus Ohio State. Oh, this one's kind of tough because Michigan's low-key pretty good this year. I think Ohio State pulls it off, though. Ooh. Wisconsin against uh, Notre Dame. Wisconsin, easily. Minnesota versus Ohio State. Minnesota, easily. There you go. So you got a same championship matchup from Peter and Dan. All right. All right. Now we're going back again for the Marcus Pierce version of this. Marcus, Notre Dame, Penn State, the Big Ten tournament. Who are you um, going to go with? Penn State's hung around, but I'm going with Notre Dame on that one. Minnesota, Michigan State. Um, again, Michigan State has hung around, made some series competitive, but I think Minnesota in one game gets that done. Michigan, Ohio State. Ohio State, you never know, but I like Michigan in it. Um, Wisconsin versus Notre Dame. I'm riding with my boys, uh, obviously. Minnesota versus Michigan. I, I'm going with Minnesota. I would like to see a Wisconsin-Minnesota championship game. All right, and now we're going to kick it to Spencer. Spencer, what are your thoughts? Well, I tell you what, Spencer, you're doing a great job hosting this entire thing. I mean, you hosted the men's basketball tournament. You've done the men's hockey tournament. And really, you're just a professional journalist through and through. So uh, let me get to your picks. First off, in Notre Dame, Penn State, I'm going to go with Notre Dame. Give me the, the Golden Domers. Not really a fan of their college, but, hey, they're going to win this. Then we're going to go Michigan, Minnesota State. Minnesota is going to win. Sorry, excuse me, not Michigan, Minnesota. Minnesota beats Michigan State. Then Michigan, Ohio State. Michigan over Ohio State. Give me Minnesota against Ohio State. Give me Notre Dame over Wisconsin. Ooh, I got to think that uh, their goalie, Notre Dame's got a pretty good goalie, and I think goalies are going to win this tournament. So I'm going to go with them. Obviously tough against Wisconsin, but, hey, got to take a chance. All right, championship round of the Big Ten Men's Hockey Tournament. Peter, we're going to start with you, Peter Chell. Who do you have in the championship? Who do you have winning it? I have Wisconsin, Minnesota in the championship. And I'm going to go with surprise pick. I'm going to go with Wisconsin. Ah. Shout out to Tony, friend of the show. <laughs> All right, Dan, who you got? I, too, have Wisconsin and Minnesota. Who I have winning? The boys. Boys are gonna bring it home, bro. We ride. Dan oh. gets it. Dan gets it. Marcus. All right. Um, well, obviously, Gawker. you know, our two our two guys. We've been waiting a long time for them to be this good again. We've been talking about it for a year and a half. This dream scenario: Wisconsin, Minnesota in the Big Ten title game. Duh. I'm going with my boys. I don't care if they win one to zero. I don't care if they win ten to zero. Give me Bucky. All right, you're taking Bucky. Well, I don't have Wisconsin in the title game. I went with Notre Dame, the Chrome Domers. They look good. They play good. They got a good goal. You can get hot. And obviously, I'm going with the Gophers. Minnesota, Notre Dame, I have as the matchup. I have the Gophers winning. Um, Goldie, just what a great mascot. And yeah, Sky Umar, Row the Boat, go Gophers. Go Coach Motsko. Go boys. We're going to win it. Let's do it. Wow. There it is. Big thoughts pick them. You're welcome. All right, yeah, so I guess we can kind of just keep rolling past this. Looking looking forward to this, breaking this down, um, Penn State is – they had a lot of time off, and they lost a lot of players, but they're still just – like, they're still right there. Like, they're not that far behind Notre Dame. Um, they, they've separated themselves from Ohio State. So that, that game is going to be interesting. Um, 
that is a game where I wish it was like the old formatting of three uh, first round games, because that series deserves probably a three game series uh, to decide it. But um, yeah. And looking at Minnesota, Michigan state, you would like to think what the team Minnesota has and the circumstances that are on the line. Um, what do you guys think about this? But Minnesota shouldn't struggle with Michigan state at all. No, indeed. You would hope not. Um, and then Michigan, Ohio state, uh, again, I think Michigan, I, I think Michigan shouldn't struggle too much with Ohio state, Michigan, Michigan played a really nice series against, um, against Minnesota this last weekend. Um, little shout out to uh, our Peter, like you mentioned, friend of the program, Tony Granato. I, I guess he, uh, I don't know if he initiated the call or if Mel Pearson from Michigan called him, but, uh, I guess after, after Saturday's game, there was a little, uh, a little phone conversation like, Hey, thank you. Or, Hey, you're welcome. <laughs> so that's, that's kind of funny that, I don't know that those guys are thinking about that. Like even to the littlest effect, um, is there any way, uh, Peter, that you could pull the screen sharing back down? Sorry. Oh, yeah, I got you. <laughs> um, but, yeah, uh, I don't know. I, I think Wisconsin looks good. I think Michigan's going to – or uh, Minnesota is going to uh, – Spencer, ready for this prediction? I'm ready. I'm so ready. Remember when I said it was just probably better that they got shit clapped by Wisconsin than it was? Yeah. Because <laughs> of the turnaround that they had? Yeah. All things considered. Great show not, on NPR. No, hey, we're great show on NPR, but not this is this wasn't the worst outcome for Minnesota this weekend. Tough, tough series, tough games. They got one, ended on a high note. You know what I mean? That's a yeah. tough, tough physical series that not I mean, that's as good as a competition as you're gonna play. Okay. They beat them one time. You know what I mean? Like, I think that is a good – for not sweeping, I think that's the best scenario you could have. Like, obviously, you want to win the Big Ten, whatever. But I, I think that weekend could potentially piss Minnesota off enough, is my point, mm -hmm. that they might go on just an absolute heat show. I could see it. What do they have, 20 wins? 20 wins, leading the NCAA. Well, okay, so they need to get – they need to get a third of their wins and they will have a national title. They need six wins to win a, to win a national title as of right now, or uh, assuming you win the big 10 tournament or, you know yeah. what I mean? So, Hey, this is what y'all been waiting for. Ain't it? I love the playoffs. I love the playoffs. And the best thing about Wisconsin sports is I know one of my teams is going to get close and lose. Which one is it going to be? Is the basketball team going to make a run? Who knows? They'll for sure lose if they get close. Is the is the hockey team going to make it to the Frozen Four and lose? Guarantee nope. it. <laughs> one of my teams will get close and lose. It is, it is Badger sports to a T. There is always one team that gets real fucking close and gets all the fans to go, do we believe again? Yes. Here's yeah, normally it's football, and that didn't happen this year, so – yeah, so who's – and hockey's been the best team. It's making me nervous. I love it. I like it. 
but that that's a good kind of nervous that's why you watch sports that's fun that's yeah that's what it's all about right there good clean fun right dan oh yeah all All right right. well um i'm apologizing to peter live on air because of the shit storm he's about to have to go through so thank you peter it's Uh, gonna be a great week but for the pod and everything else this is thank you um follow us on instagram and twitter at b1g's work see some of peter's master work um and yeah uh i we need well i know you've been crazy busy i've just been lazy as hell but we need to get back on the blogs i kind of i kind of checked out on the blogs i need to need to get going on that but it's great it's going to be a great week going to be a great weekend start you know big 10 tournament tomorrow um you'll see all of our picks probably potentially before you actually hear this maybe Hey, also, just a quick note, a little side note. If you are interested in sponsoring us, um, feel free to reach out. I don't think we've said that in an episode. I don't think we're going to get anything from this. But, hey, if you want to sponsor us, feel free to slide in my DMs. Yeah, we'll damn near read anything you want. We'll pretty much take you. <laughs> damn near. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's careful big thoughts. You, careful big what thoughts. you wish for now. Yeah, no, seriously. <laughs> yeah, we're be, gonna. Well, there you'll be under put under a lengthy review process, but like, if you got an offer, we're here to we're here to listen at least. We're gonna end up getting offers from like those sex shops off the interstate that are next to fireworks stores. Yeah, no, I won't do that. <laughs> um, but down to back stitches, go check that out on Etsy. As Marcus said, follow us: Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, mostly Twitter. That's where I'm the most active. Peter, thank you. Dan, Wild Dan, as always, a pleasure. This is my Wild Dan impression. I'm playing the drums. <laughs> He's a percussionist. Wait, the da- wait, Dan, you shred? <laughs> Dan, you shred? Yeah. Let's go. Peter, have you seen Fantastic Mr. Fox? Not yet. Why? Oh, it's been out for a while. Because they have a gesture where they, whenever someone says weird, like, you're weird, they go like this. You're weird. <laughs> and they just shake their hands a bunch. This is my impression of you, Peter. Nice. Are, are we sure that that's not no, sign, I promise the you. sign I promise language you. for weird? Yes. I, I don't know. I can No, I, I wasn't I wasn't saying it's prob- <laughs> I wasn't saying it's problematic, but okay, I didn't want say. I didn't want you doing this and it's actually just the sign language for weird, not they only Yeah, they they always do this when they say weird. <laughs> it's actually the sign language for it. <laughs> like Hey, uh Spencer. Yeah. Dan. Go Gophers. Go Badgers. Go Gophers. Go Gators. Go Badgers. Go Badgers. Go Badgers. Go Gophers. Go Gophers. Go Gators. Go Badgers. Go Badgers. Go Badgers. Go Badgers. Go Badgers